Hey, queens and kings. This is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to the last episode of season two, These Three Things podcast. And yes, I'm giving season two a round of applause because I have really enjoyed season two as much as I enjoyed season one. I'm going to take a break at the end of this season. Uh, My group and I are really going to focus on game planning for season three, taking these three things up another level, especially since we've been picked up by iHeartRadio and Pandora and our listening audience has broadened, uh, which I'm super excited about. More people are listening to these three things who uh, prefer to listen to podcasts on other spaces besides uh, Apple and Spotify. Although I'm appreciative on any platform that you are listening to these three things, I just appreciate your listens. And I also appreciate the feedback that I get from you guys. So yeah, I'm going to take a break. I don't know how long that break will be. It really just depends on COVID and how it's all falling out. As you guys know, I travel and do all of my recordings face-to-face. I think Mignon Francois in the entrepreneurship episode is the only person that I have not done a face-to-face interview with for these three things podcast. I like uh, meeting face-to-face. All of my equipment has enough space so that we can be at a distance from each other. And I pretty much am my own production. I bring my own lighting, uh, microphones, mixer, everything that we pretty much need for the show. So it depends on what's happening with COVID, but I'm thinking probably to be safe, we'll be back the 1st of April with some new These Three Things for you. Okay, so let's talk about last week's technical difficulties. I have no idea what happened, really, you guys. I think the tech gremlins just got me. I don't know how it kept rewinding and repeating itself. I started getting phone calls left and right, like, hey, what's going on with the recording? We can't hear the recording. It's repeating itself. I'm kind of like Nyjah. If you've listened to the Nyjah Aziz uh episode in season one we talked about perfectionism and Nyjah was like she's a perfectionist about certain things and so am I like there are certain things I don't care if it's perfect at all but there are some things that I just do not like to mess up on and so clearly I was really frustrated last week having to upload another episode because you guys once I upload that episode when you start listening and downloading those downloads count for that episode. So when I have to go back and re-upload, I lose all of those downloads into just a no man's land. And I was just so sick to my stomach, but obviously I want you guys to be able to hear the show. Uh, That's the point of it all. So I had to go back and upload another one. And I guess I was overdue to have uploaded this many episodes and edited uh, as many episodes as I have. And this to be the first one that kind of went tricky on me. I probably was overdue for one. We got to talk about a place in the world that I am highlighting today and thanking them for listening to these three things. And that place in the world today is in Ohio. Yes, I am repping Ohio. I am thanking the state of Ohio for listening to these three things podcast. I know tons of people in Ohio mostly just because I lived in West Virginia for six years and spent a lot of time recruiting in the state of Ohio. Ohio, thank you for listening to these three things. I really appreciate uh, you guys following the show and being avid listeners week after week. You return week after week and listen to the latest episode. And I appreciate all of you. So Ohio, 
Thank you. And now, let's get to the Kings of Nashville. As you can probably tell, this actually, well, you may not be able to tell, but this actually was the first episode that I had recorded for season two. And it's really weird how the episodes fall out because I never know how I'm going to present the episodes. I'm always just kind of led by what I feel like is the next best thing. I just felt like ending the season with the Kings and their perspective uh, was a great covering for us, just as women, as queens, having the men in the season talking about marriage, talking about divorce, talking about dating, and just sharing their perspectives. And I'll be leaving three things at the end of this episode. And these three things will have to carry you along with all of the other three things in season two until I return for season three. So let's get into it. The Kings of Nashville on marriage, divorce, and dating with Alfonso, Kevin, and Sperry. Enjoy. Because women, um, I think that's something that we do think about. Do our kings expect us to stay the size that we were when we met? Not at all. Um, We know later on in life, you're going to gain some pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, Alfonso was talking about, uh, you know, we look for someone that's, for the most part, healthy. Yes. You know, uh, that's important. as I'm getting older, you know, uh, I visit the doctor a little bit more often, yeah. you know, for things that aren't going well and to prevent from things from going south. Right. Uh, but if someone took a little bit of care uh, about their health, then, you know, a couple pounds, you know, a few pounds not is, not, is not stressing that. Yep. But, you know, severe overweight would probably be a problem. You know, and that would fall into all the categories that would fall into attraction, that would fall into health, that would fall into, um, you know, uh, mental status. You know, where are they or, you know, health health issues, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kevin, I say uh, in dating, a lot of women, they'll talk to you about their weight, Mm -hmm. but they don't want you to talk back to them about their weight. 
Ah, uh, so she'll mm. be like, I just need to, get, I need to get up and start running. I'm getting too big, but you better not say that. Right, you better not say, <laughs> well, you know, the YMCA membership. You know, you can't throw like you said hints or anything, or be like, you know, I got this great doctor who, you know, so. <laughs> but I think weight, you know, we like I said, we we all are getting bigger, but I still don't want to be able to. I want to be able to, you know. Lift that person up, Steve. Mm, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I just don't. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying if that means either I need to, you know, <laughs> lift <laughs> more weight. But I'm just saying, you know, weight. Uh, I don't think that that can be a, a a hardship if you are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Age. Now this will be to our two single kings initially first. Uh, would you date older, and what age is too young? I would say I would date older. Okay, uh, how I, much older? Uh, probably four or five, no, about, uh, <laughs> about six or seven years. I, I say six or seven years six older seven than me. Six or seven years, oh, okay. Yeah, and young. Would you marry a woman six or seven years older than I you? I would. Okay. I would. Actually, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's crossed my mind because, I mean, you just think about the maturity. I mean, there are some people that are older that still have immature ways right. and thoughts. But my thing is I've dated my age and I've dated a little younger mm-hmm. and I've seen how that turns out. But uh, yeah, I would date older. The youngest I would, I would not date is probably 27. So 27 and up, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Mm. What do they call a man when they, we could they call us cougars. What they what they call y'all? Pimp, Happy pimp, <laughs> pimp player. <laughs> All right, Sperry. Um, age. Age. The uh, oldest I would uh, date is maybe about four or five years older than myself. I'm fifty one. Um, uh, but as far as uh, younger than me, no one o- uh, younger than forty. Than younger than forty. Yeah. 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 Forty. Anything younger than that is why not? I mean, it's just too young. Yeah, there's some differences in in things that uh, our goals, um, differences in compatibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there, there's just a uh, for me a, a, a gap in. Uh, in certain things. Okay. Yeah. And Fonz, can I ask you, just when you were dating before you remarried, um, has age ever been a factor for you? Age has been a factor as far as going too young. It was, you know, before I was married, but up, it wasn't. My wife is older than I am. Okay. You know, and, you know, I... What's older? She's six years older than I am. Okay. I'm not going to tell you my age because <laughs> I don't want to tell you her age, okay. but she's six years older than my age. Okay. I am, so it's all good. Yeah, I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. Okay, so here's one that's just, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it. Let's talk about sex. Does she need to come to the table with skills? Here's the problem with that. You got to think if you're dating, they're coming off another person's sex pattern. So you want them to... <laughs> have the opportunity to learn you and learn each other. So I think that uh, them coming with skills, I mean, that's the difference between skills and being, a prof- you know, a pro. Right. 
So do you naturally assume that a new love interest or partner, the way she's being intimate with you could be just because of what she's coming off of with somebody else? What if she hadn't, what if she's been, you know, celibate for two years? Get on a bike and ride, you never forget how to ride a bike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I would say that um, skills are helpful, but not necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, I would, but most m most women at 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 uh, you know in or around my age have have some skills. So, uh, but that's not a a criteria for me though. Okay. Yeah. Is it safe to say, um, or or do men expect for a woman at a certain age to know what she doing? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that okay. that's an expectation. Yes, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I wanted to because women think that. I just wondered right. if men thought that. You yeah. know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if she's too skilled, does that give you a reason to question her past? No, nah, we all no. got a past. Yeah, we all have past. We all have a past. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And at what point did y'all come to that? Because, you know, in the black community, a woman's past is often held against her. So do you think that y'all have, have y'all always thought that women all have a past? Or has it, has that mentality progressed as you've gotten older? Which specifically... What question specifically do you want me to respond if to? If a woman is too skilled, like uh -huh. you're intimate with a woman and she coming out with stuff, you like, whoa, like good lord, okay, yeah. like pineapples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so so I don't think it's possible to be too skilled. Oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. uh, you know, if she's coming with you to you with something you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, every every guy knows what they like and they know what their limitations are, right? Mm -hmm. So if she's bringing something to the table that goes beyond what I'm interested in, then I'm going to be like, hey, oh, you know, I don't do that, right? But if she knows how to do it, that's cool. But he, I know what my lane is and what I would like, mm -hmm. and so that's where I want to stay. What if she's trying to widen your lane? Uh, you know, at this point, I'm so far out of the game when it comes to that. Like that vibe that I was telling you, we we already good, so you're that in, well, these cats lane. might have to yeah these cats might have to answer that. What if she <laughs> wants to widen your lane, guys? Like this is not anything that you've tried before, but she likes it. Well, I'm okay with that, but I have my own boundaries. Okay. I, I have my own boundaries, so we would. But if she wanted you to try something that was for you that you had never done before, would you be willing to try it? Well, just as long as it wouldn't go outside of my absolute. No. Oh, this is outside boundary. of your boundary. It's outside oh, well, of it. Nah. But mm -mm. it's it's something that she she wants to do to you. The yeah, key like, you just like, said is to you though. Yes. Right. So if it's to him, like she's trying to do it for him, mm -hmm. but it's outside his boundary, then it ain't doing it for him. Yeah. That's doing it for so her. How does he know? He's never tried it. Uh, well, you know, there there's just some areas that I won't go. I mean, that that is what it is, and I and I'm okay with standing firmly on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell, Scary. I can tell. I'm just saying she ain't ready, so it don't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Kevin? She ain't. There's nothing. I mean, I'm just saying as far as outside, you know, the boundaries. Like you said, everybody got boundaries, but I mean, there's. You know, yeah. as you get up in this age, and if you haven't done or experienced certain things, mm -hmm. then 
I mean, you probably missing out, but I mean, I'm just saying a person of my stature, I just think that that's not too much that I haven't done. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is an odd question, but anybody else want to speak on that? Are we ready to move on from that? Okay. Uh, This is a question that came up. Um, Body odor. (laughs) Do you talk about it or do you or do you don't or do you not? We run from it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deal breaker. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it is a deal breaker. I mean, but it's coming out your pores. I mean, that's that's a real. No, I mean, you can get perfume all you want. You can. Uh, the soap, then they have to use men's soap or something. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> there has to be a limit to, I mean, like I said, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> okay, so what if it was just a bad, it was off day, you know? She ate fish and it just kind of, <laughs> you know, y'all do know that's a thing. Right. You know, that's real. Like yeah. women, when we eat fish, yeah. like it can show up on us a little bit like the day after. So we, we know that going in sometimes. It just depends. Not all the time, but sometimes. I never we knew that. It, we keeping it above. I never knew that. I did, but I think I was going to say everybody, I don't can speak for myself. I know a woman's body. So, yeah, those different things that come out, it's like these, this right here yeah. is work. Work in, it's worker. It's worker. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell is anything. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin said, so you're not playing that game. Okay, so, so does so she get what you going to do? You're going to sniff and see. You're going to scratch and check. sniff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I love you know, it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so <laughs> does she get a second opportunity if, the, if her body odor was just not in a good space? Would you give it a second try? I, it depends on the odor. I can, it just because I know if you make, <laughs> if you got an odor that's about to make me throw up, <laughs> I, how can I be around it? Oh, I, I mean, yeah. It, it depends on how close we are. If, if, if I, I'd love the opportunity to work on it, if, uh, <laughs> if, 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 if we're connecting, if we're vibing, like we, like she's, uh, like Alfonso said, but if, uh, if, if we're not vibing. And I don't see any opportunity of it moving forward, then nah, that, that's a little difficult for me. Okay, so my question is, do you bring it up to her? Do you say, like, what's what's that? What's wrong? Yes, I do. Kevin, you would say, it. okay, how would you, how <laughs> would you preface that to her, Kevin? Well, and it don't even, uh, but we're at a different age where, hey, let's, let's, let's have this conversation. I would say, hey, uh, I noticed that, you know, there was a different type of smell or odor. <laughs> and I was wondering if you Sorry. smelt it as well. And uh, I'm just being real. Yeah, I mean, if you no, you me, are. I would want you to I would want you to tell me, but are you OK? You know, is there anything, you know, I, because I'm concerned. Yeah, because you're an adult, you're older. And I'm sure your girlfriends have told you that you probably smell or have a smell or older. OK, so what if she says, well, I didn't smell nothing. What's wrong? Like what what you smelling? That wasn't me. Okay. Now, well, okay. And then I guess that was the fish that went by. That was <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that's that's fine. We're gonna we're gonna let that slide. Let that. So let is that where it ends for you at that point? Like if she doesn't even notice, she has an odor. Yeah, pr- pretty much. That's telling me how you project things, how you deal with things. You push it off. You don't deal with them. Yeah. So that's how you're gonna do with our conversation. If you don't want to deal with the real, I mean, if I have an odor or uh, my breath stink. Breath is a bad thing for me. I hope that's yeah. not one of the questions, but it is a bad thing. <laughs> breath is a deal breaker for it, you. Breath is, yeah. I'm just, 
I'm not saying, I mean, but I'm going to make sure I have some gum or yeah. I done brush my teeth and some Listerine. I mean. You're going to make sure your breath I mean, is the cologne is right up here, so you can't smell it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, did the, what did the queen say? <sighs> we didn't really talk about body odor. We talked about sweating. Okay. We talked, we didn't, you know, we didn't want to sweat. I mean, like, you know, we, we'd rather you not be sweating all over us, but, I mean, we can work around it. Um, heavy breather. Like, you know, like you got a little asthma. We weren't really interested in that. Uh, <laughs> what if you got a CPAP? A CPAP is, is not sexy. I'm just going to put it all the way out there. Like, wow. I mean, there's some women that don't, you know, it's some women that's okay with a CPAP. It's some women. CPAP did not come up, so I don't know what the that's queens would have thought about that. Yeah, ask the next queens on yeah. that. But, you know, body odor, a bad attitude crazy hair, whatever it is, a lot of it depends on if the guy's willing to invest in it, how he feels about the relationship. Right. So, you know, you got, you weigh the relationship and the issue. If you like her in other aspects enough to where you can overcome and you want to work with her on that issue, then you're good. But if the issue is so bad that it overpowers how much you like her, then She's, she's, you know, it's over. So, Alfonso, yeah. you telling me if she's fine and stinking, uh -huh. educated, are you willing to go through it with her? See, so what would happen is you might come to me and say, "Hey, bro, give me some advice on this." <laughs> so what I'm saying though is, I'm gonna weigh all of the factors in the relationship, right? Right. And the total package. Right. Mm. I said already, if it's a bo, that's a deal breaker for me. So that's going to outweigh the other things. And right. I, I'm going to be like, I hope you can get that fixed. You know, but something else that you might not tolerate, I might be willing to tolerate because it's not that bad for me. Gotcha. Okay, Fonz, this question is for you to start off. How important is keeping the sex life active in marriage? Yeah, I think that goes through cycles. And, and the key thing is you got to try to time it up to where the husband is in this real sexual mode at the same time the wife is. Because it doesn't happen naturally that they are timed properly. Mm -hmm. And there, I think in most marriages, there are time periods where it's just really intense and the frequency level is really high. And then you may have other times where it's, more laid back and it's just kind of maybe what you guys are going through in your marriage whether that's stress whether that's just a busy time or what have you but I just think it goes in cycles but the at the end of the day what you started out with you got to be able to try to maintain that so if you guys started out in a very active sexual relationship early in your marriage you got to work as hard as you can to try to maintain that throughout the marriage and do you feel that the maintenance of that varies as well sometimes it's she knows she's got to step up and and take it now because you was like the guy last time that was helping keep it alive is that yeah it, it, yeah it does because like i said everybody like you might be in heat and he's not or right. vice versa right right and so you got to be sensitive to that and really work at that and and that that quite frankly you know everybody thinks that oh man going into this marriage this is going to be it's on every day, five, six, seven, eight times a week, right? But that oftentimes is one of the things that 
men and women are not on the same page with in a marriage right? because of what's going on outside of the home. So another part of that vibe is making sure that we invest in each other to understand what's going on. You and know why? Yeah, We're not yeah. Feeling that way. Yeah, because yeah. like if I had a rough day, and the sensitivity level is there, and she's like, "Oh, let me," you know, be comforter to you. Yeah. Then shoot, I'm I'm ready to reciprocate right. that day. But if I had a rough day, and she's not sensitive to that, and then you know, it's time to talk about some bills, then I'm like. Oh, Man, you know, yeah. and now I'm I'm just completely drained. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, single kings. If she uh, has dedicated her life to Christ and she has decided that she is no longer going to be intimate until she is married, are I'm you dating her? Yeah, I'm okay with that. You're okay with that, yeah. Sperry, yeah. Kevin? I'm good. You're good with that. Yeah. Okay. So then let me just say this: sex and there's other ways to do things where we're not having sex. So is that subconsciously the expectation? Okay, we're not having sex. We're going to do some other stuff, like oral sex. Like this is an adult podcast, yeah. so we're going to talk about adult things. Like is that the expectation? Are y'all going to try to like work that in and be like, hey, okay, I ain't, I'm cool with the no sex, but we, you know, we got to do something, or is it just completely, I respect this is where you are, I'm good. At this age, I, I think that if you think about, uh, <laughs> you probably had more, well, I've had probably had more sex in my life than, than you know what I'm saying, so it's fine. Yeah. So you get to that point at an age where you like, I want something, somebody, uh, you have a different value, as we were talking about the value system as men, we have a different value of the relationship. Okay. Because it didn't work in the beginning when you probably had sex before you got married, mm -hmm. and I know I'm in divorce. But I'm just saying, you got to think about, you got to change up how you look at it. And, and is it going to be beneficial? Are you willing to wait? Yeah. And so, and be equally yoked and, and, and love God and look at her and have God in the middle. And so I think that would really strengthen your relationship with God and also the individual. Yeah. I think it's important to uh, focus on the intimacy. You can focus on the intimacy without uh, being sexual. Be specific. Um, I mean, cuddling, holding hands. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to uh, be oral. Okay. Most of the time, you know, if you go oral, uh, then that's going to lead to other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it also depends on the other person where they set those boundaries on what they want. Yeah. But if they're someone that you uh, uh, wouldn't mind you know, sp spending more time seeing how it uh, moves to the next level, then you can, uh, we can do that. There's That's not a problem for for men, for some men. Okay. Yeah. So then the activity, the, the consistent activity of it all is not even really a question then because it just really depends on where she is and what she's comfortable with at that season in her life as far as sex is concerned. Yeah. Correct. Okay, and the frequency of it okay let's just say she wants to have sex like she's okay with having sex she hasn't she ain't rededicated you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. i'm this is a decision that i'm making but her libido is just really low she's not really like i mean she's good once every two months um you mean as a dating, dating situation or in a marriage in a relationship a dating situation 
I mean, that can happen in marriage too. You can speak on that. I yeah. absolutely speak on it. So, okay. let me, so on the on the uh, dating piece of it, your first question about if she's decided that she's not going to have sex because she's on the way to marriage. Yes. Um, one of the things that was very attractive to me with my wife mm-hmm. is, you know, she was striving for that. Yes. And I was like, man, I love that, yeah. you know, because that says a, a, there's a level of spiritual maturity there that means there's some other things in place that I like. Right. Um, and in terms of, you know, libido may be low or what have you, um, that comes in cycles, particularly postnatal. Yes. You know, there's some things. So, you know, they always take, I always see these uh, weddings where they say, you know, you got to be willing to, uh, when the when the beauty goes away or when the physical attractiveness goes away, you still have to be committed to the marriage. That's part of what I'm talking about where everybody's not on a high at the same time in the marriage and you got to try to figure out how to get there and be together. So... The biggest thing for me that I learned about marriage is you have to be committed to giving more than receiving. Mm-hmm. And giving means meeting your spouse where your spouse is. And like I said, I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be better tomorrow than I am today. Okay. Um, single Kings, she's okay with it, but I mean... As my mom says, a dab will do you. <laughs> if, I, <clears throat> if I'm enjoying spending time with her and I'm friends with her, good friends, and we're growing um, as as two people together, then I'm fine with that. You okay with yeah. that? Yeah. So <laughs> this low libido is low. Mm-hmm. You know that's probably not going to change if you decide to marry her. I'm just saying. That's how you start. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. the reason why I'm asking the question. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I, I. It's gonna be a difficult for me. It's I gonna mean, be difficult. It's gonna be difficult. I mean, that's just. Uh, I'm. I, I love sex, so it's like. <laughs> okay, I mean that's. And that's true for most guys. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's where most of us are. Yeah. You know, um, I just I just know me personally, I was attracted to the fact that my wife was striving to please God. And I was, too, at that time. And so, you know, we struggled with that. As a matter of fact, we got married earlier. We got married six months earlier than the plan because we were like, man, let's not not just for that. But we were like, (laughs) I mean, why don't we just do it now? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. We know we're going to be together. So let's like, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting to have a ceremony for when we already been through all that? You know what I mean? Yes. Let's just let's just go on and change the plans and go and do this now. I guess my question is when you want male enhancements. For men, mm-hmm. if they have low, you know, so I just, you know, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Do y'all talk about it? Do we have a conversation about it and say, hey, like, what's up? Like, you know, I mean, would you communicate about it first and see if it's just something going on in her world that you maybe not necessarily know about? Yeah, I think that would be great. I think that would be the best thing to do is start off a conversation because if you don't have communication, you don't have anything. Right. And I, I think that uh, laying that out and you just telling me that I want my whole uh, outlook would change. I would have a different empathy towards the sexual uh, wants. Right. Right. You are listening to These Three Things podcast and the Kings of Nashville.
on marriage, divorce, and dating with Alfonso, Kevin, and Sperry. We'll be right back. For almost a century, Scarrett Bennett Center's historic Gothic campus has been a choice location for dream weddings in Nashville. Consistently rated one of Music City's best places to get married by The Knot, Wedding Wire, and Toast of Nashville, Scarrett Bennett Center offers three timeless venues for your wedding, a 20-person elopement chapel, a 300-person wedding chapel, and a breathtaking garden. From rehearsal to reception, Scarrett Bennett Center is ready to help you create the intimate, historic wedding of your dreams. Visit our website at scarrettbennett.org forward slash weddings for more information. Interracial dating. How many of you in here have dated outside your race? How do you define dated? Okay, dating. Okay, let's go official dating, and then let's go I just had sex with somebody. Okay. So, have you officially dated outside of your race? No. No, none of you no. have officially dated, but you have, have been intimate with someone outside of your race. Yeah. I, I've you dated. have officially dated? Yes. What race did you officially date? She was uh, Caucasian. She was Caucasian? Yeah. Okay. And is there a reason why those of you who have not done it, is there a reason why you haven't officially dated someone that no. was the other race? Yeah, Caucasian, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Asian. Uh, yeah, I have not officially dated someone Caucasian because... I was raised by my mother, some grandmothers, and a bunch of aunts. And I just kind of have always felt it's disrespectful to them. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't get past it. So I'm like, you know, it's enough beautiful black women out here for me to date without having to date somebody else. And I just couldn't see myself bringing home somebody from another race to them. They never pressured me. Yeah. But I just saw how they struggled. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, with dating relationships. Right. Well, the opportunity never really came to date. <coughs> okay. You know, it was, uh, I mean, I guess like Fonzo, I was a pretty popular person. Mm-hmm. And so it was never, you know, to date. Nobody, it w- when I was growing up, it wasn't really just dating. It was just that, you know, they was they wanted to get close to you. And that's just the reality. Okay. You know, but uh, dating was never talked about. So let's just yeah. say a Caucasian chick pops up and, Y'all got a vibe. Like you like her. You like her style. You like you like her. Would she be? Would you marry outside of your race? I, I don't know because never have. But I will say this: there has been a Caucasian woman that I, I was digging, mm-hmm. and I think that you know she was. We were vibing. We didn't never dated, but we kind of did some projects together, mm-hmm. and we just complimented you know each other in that that manner. But yeah. we never did. It never led to anything. No, no, but I just know that there it could be a possibility. Yeah. I mean, just in my experience of dating uh, black women, Laotian, uh, you know, it's. I mean, it, there is a difference between black women and and our uh, and, and our other races of women. Yeah. You know. So what is that difference? Well, the sim- thing about it, the similarities of growth and and how we were brought up. Yeah. And some of our uh, values that we have. Uh, some of the things that I can take my <laughs> girl home, yeah, and they would be more of exceptional, yeah, and uh, they would be willing to go into the kitchen and help, you know, right. when my mom was living or something like that. Yeah. To the question though, would you would you marry a white woman, Sperry? Um, All Asian, Vietnamese. Well, you know, there may be uh, a cultural difference, 
um, that would have to be a boundary. But again, we we would end up being friends. The likelihood of of that happening, um, you know, may may be uh, 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 small. Mm-hmm. But I. I, I'm going back to what uh, Al- Alfonso said. I, I grew up in a different, uh, different time. I, you know, my parents took me out of the public school system and put me in the Catholic school system, which uh, gave me the opportunity at a young age. Yes, which gave me the opportunity to really see no difference. Uh, and you know, uh, at the time the people that we were around, they know they saw no difference in us because yeah. we were kids. You know, yeah. kids, you can have that innocence. And so as I, I grew, it, I didn't see a difference in people and how they reacted and, and, and um, uh, connected and, and dealt with each other uh, on, a, on a negative level until I came south. Yeah. Uh, and that was an eye opener. Uh, Where are you me. from originally? I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Ah, yeah. Okay. And so, and at that time, you know, er, er, uh, early 70s and, and 80s, uh, in certain areas, there yeah. was a interconnection and in, in, uh, uh, areas where the, it, we lived together. Yeah. And so I saw no difference. And so I didn't come up in a, uh, a household where you know, they talk differently about, right. you know, a different culture or a different race. Yeah. It was just, it was. People was, are people. Yeah, people are people. Yeah. And so that gave me the uh, opportunity to be able to date someone. Um, uh, you know, that that was not uh, one of my qu- black queens, but um, it never really, um, it never really, dawned on me, you know, whether I would actually, you know, be focused on not marrying a different culture. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it's never been a, a, a an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fonz? Yeah, you know, I, I have had white women come at me pretty aggressively in my career, in my life, right? And I never even could go there because in terms of really dating somebody and then let alone marrying. And here's a, here's a main reason. Let's say I was married to a white woman. The two of us went into a restaurant here in the South, right? Yeah. We go into a restaurant and people are looking at us funny. I can go in there the next day by myself. They still going to look at me funny, right? She can go in there without me and she's fine. Right. I, I just can't reconcile that. So that and as I've studied and read different things and seen things living here in the South where people have been in relationships and if she got enough pressure from her father, other family members, you know, other white people about that relationship, I've seen them turn on the on the black man. Yeah. And so for those two reasons, I'm like, man, I just can't do it. Yeah. And my mama and my aunts would be mad at me Add too. Add that to it. You know what I'm right. saying? So those are the things for me where I just like, I, I can't have a public showing. Can't do it. Can't do it. So in reverse, how do you feel when you see your queens doing it? Does it agitate you? Does it bother you when you see black women with white men or men of other races, Asian, 
Well, that's that was going on before slavery anyway. Well, I don't know how much say we had in all of those relationships, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, right. now, like having a say and choosing to be in relationship with a white male, does that bother our kings when y'all see that? Some kings ha- could care less, and some kings I know bothers them. So I'm asking you guys, does it? Yes, no? Oh, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't bother me as far as that. It doesn't. Okay. No, so Kevin. I, I believe they, everyone should have their own preference. So it doesn't bother me at all to see, uh, to see that. Sperry says no. I can't tell anybody who to love. So let me preface this with that. And I, and I firmly believe that. So, hey, do what you want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I grew up around uh, this white guy who he tried his best to take on the characteristics of black guys yeah. growing up. And I always just felt like, and I don't think this is what he was doing, but I always just felt like he was mocking black men. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. He was really trying to emulate them, right? Right. And then it, and then as I saw him dating black women, I was kind of like, okay, he's trying to be like a brother. Why don't you just date a brother? Right. That was my mentality. So, so I kind of have a little bit of an issue that stems from that. Yeah. Uh, but then that same issue with, we go together, then we all can be ostracized. But if the sister is there alone, she might be ostracized and he's not. It's it's a it's a serious issue for me because I have three daughters. Yes. And they don't have the same um they don't have the same issues because they haven't seen a lot of the things that I have seen. And so I have gotten to a point where I'm prepared that one of my daughters may bring home someone outside of her race. And I'm going to look at this person. If that happens, I'm going to look at this person for who he is Mm -hmm. and and try not to look at him as a person of a different race. And so the reality is my oldest daughter dates a Latino gentleman who is probably the nicest guy I've ever met. And he's very good to her. Right. So that has helped me to understand that I can't tell her who to love and I can't have an issue with who she decides to love. But what I can do as a father is make sure that whoever any of them love treats them the right way. Yeah. I don't care if they're black, then I really expect more from them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I actually dated a white guy um, seriously, like in a relationship with a white guy. And I remember uh, there was a time we went to a jazz festival in Baltimore together. And I remember walking past a group of brothers and they were like, will you look at this shit here? (laughs) And they said it loud just like that. And yeah. And I'm not going to lie. In that moment, that bothered me that my kings felt like that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and... Um, Could so you be freer with dating a white man? Was you was it any difference from dating a black man? Um, I will say, you know, and this is just in my experience, there is nothing like the passion of a black man to me. There is nothing like it's just it's you know, and not saying that that wasn't good, you know, being outside, you know, being with a man outside of my race. I'm not saying that it wasn't good. I'm just saying that there's just a level of understanding that when we as black people come together that we just come to the situation with automatically that just makes moments be more intense to me 
And um, I didn't always find that hmm. with him. Have sisters who date white men, have they given up on brothers? No, no. As a matter of fact, I think that for most black women, it's like, a, it, you know, like you got to give some thought to that. Like when a white man approaches you and wants to date you, like you got to really give some thought to that. It ain't like I'm just jumping on the wagon and saying, yeah, right. let's go. I'm, mm. I'm good with it. Yeah. You know, you got to measure intentions. You do. And yeah. then also, too, you have to like it's like slow. Like I want to walk with you slow. I, I just I just I'm glad to hear you say that it's not that sisters have given up on the brothers because that's that's the other thing. I'm like, I just don't give up on the brothers. It's hard out here. I mean, there are things that black men have to deal with that other people don't. And right. you could probably say that for any subset of the population. But I, I could have a whole other podcast talking about that, uh, that there are some things that we deal with that other people don't. Absolutely. Right. And so just don't give up on the brothers. I'm not saying deal with somebody trifling. I'm not at all saying that. But what I am saying is, you know, work with us. But I do right. think that sisters, queens do end up dating white men sometimes just because the options in black men are not out here. And because it's so many of us and we outnumber you, was it eight to one, seven to one, eight to one or something like that? You know, I mean, we don't have a lot of options. So sometimes that just becomes the option because of, you know, maybe where we live at that time. You know, I don't, I'm not around, I don't live around a lot of brothers, you know, the area in which I live is predominantly white. You so know. their view of black men is skewed because of their location. Sometimes it can be, mm -hmm. yeah. Or the opportunities to date black just because of the location. Like, I'd like to have a brother, but there ain't a lot of them living around here. Right. That's interesting. I just think that the level that some people come out of certain things and they have so many, those expectations yeah. of those particular men that they, that's not of their pick of the litter. Yeah. And so you end up missing out on a good man all because of those expectations. Yeah, that's true. Women with children. She got six kids, six different daddies. Is she an option? Is she fixed? Why I gotta be six? I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm presenting the worst, I'm presenting the worst case scenario off the top and we'll work it down from there. <laughs> she bad though, like she she put together, you I know, she why. had a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's she's got a good career. Her and her, hey, you know, she just okay. Let's take it down to she has six kids. She was married twice, three with the first one, three with the second one. Neither one of them worked out, but she has her stuff together. Is she an option for the younger generation who listens to this? I want for the young kids to know that it's consequences to your decisions. And when you out here and you young and you just having a good time and you in love with Rico and then you in love with Paul and then, you know, you done had a baby by Rico, now you done had a baby by Paul, but you in college and you getting your stuff together, by the time you graduate college, you've already started to dwindle your list of opportunity because some brothers are just not going to want that. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you from experience, I have dated, sorry, I've dated one and women that had kids and even up, they had three. And I mean, it was for about a year and a half, and uh, it was it was. Was it good. serious? Yeah, it was very serious. I mean, we went to church together. I mean, uh, three little girls, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, they were they were great. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it wasn't anything wrong with that. Yeah. Only difference was the father wasn't involved, so it gave me an opportunity to m be more of a male yeah. model for them. Yeah. I would uh, I would be a hypocrite 
if I said I wouldn't because you um, have kids because I have kids mm -hmm. and um, my oldest two boys are were because of marriage my ex-wife had two boys when we got married okay and so um, I, I'm not opposed to that I think it's a little different now that I'm at my age because it wouldn't be about the boys uh, or, or or them uh, that person having kids. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that you know my youngest is of four boys is thirteen now. Yeah, and so to go into a situation that would you know divide what I need to provide still for my boys, you know That'd that much that would be tough. Yeah, uh, and you know I, I'm. I've, I've raised mine, so it would be more beneficial if it was someone that was in a like situation yeah. of where I where I am. So right now, I, I would probably not, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, and I never have been opposed to uh, dating someone or marrying someone that already had children. Yeah. yeah. Fonz, did your wife have children before y'all met? Yes. She did? We both had one, and then we had one together. So, uh, but you said six. Now that's a, that's a whole different ball. <laughs> if game. she had have had six, if she had had six, then I would have been like, "Hey, let's be friends." You know, no, I'm just tripping. <laughs> I, I don't know because I don't know how much I like. But six, that's a lot. That's you know, a lot. Uh, but you know. So how many is too many? Six. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, shoot, for me. Don't matter how they came. <laughs> six for is a whole little basketball team. I mean, I that's just being real. With a sub. With, right. Yeah, exactly. With a sub. <laughs> yeah. Five is, good. Five is good. You know, I probably, me personally, if I look back at it, I probably wouldn't rule it out if, if it was three. But some of that depends, just me, some of it depends on what age they were. And like Sparrow's saying, like, if I already raised mine and then you got some little ones, you know, then that, that probably would be an issue for me. I got grandkids. Yeah. You know, I don't want the uncle to be younger <laughs> right. than Same the, age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, that, you know, it's kind of that situation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's unrealistic at 50-something or even 40-something yeah. nowadays to think, that you're gonna date somebody that doesn't have kids. It does happen, yeah. but the numbers are low. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're dating her, you really like her, her kids are older and out of the house, but you guys are together now and she's still in an age where she can have children and she wants to have another one. Would you be with a woman seriously who wanted more kids? I will. Because I actually want a daughter. You do? Yeah. But if I don't get one, that's fine. But I, I would. I have two boys, and okay. so I wouldn't mind having a look. Now, I have to get another, a, probably a fourth job and give it. it <laughs> yeah, you need some paper, bro. Yeah. 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 For daughters. For daughters. Yeah. 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 yeah, trust me. Uh, amen. I, I, I know. <laughs> it texting me now. I'm like. <laughs> you cash at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I was 10 years younger, but at this point, I, I would prefer not. Yeah. So would you tell her out the gate, nah, I'm not, I, I don't want that? Yeah. Or would well, you lead her on? That's No, that's something that we would talk about yeah. early, you know, and getting to know someone. That's a question I think can be early on. You know, do you want kids? Yeah. What, you know. Would you adopt? Yeah. Right. Okay. 
So let's talk divorced. We've all in here done it. Okay, looking back on your marriage, when you look back now, do you feel like the reasons why you divorced then, you could have really made it through, but you just didn't stick it out? Or, did, or do you feel now looking back, oh, no, this had to end. There was no way we were going to make it. Oh, uh, mine had to end. <laughs> it, it was no way it was, we were going to make it. And some of that was, um, you know, we were just too young when we got married, mm -hmm. right? And so we hadn't matured into uh, 24 and 25 or 24 and 23, one of them. Okay. Or, you know, uh, but we just, we were not mature and made the decision to get married at a young age, not really looking at the total perspective. Yeah. And as we both matured into adults, just we were totally different than when we were when we first got married. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. I'll that wasn't who God had for me. Yeah. Right. I would say mine had to end. Actually, I, uh, and Fonzo knows, uh, I had to cancel the wedding before it even started. So I canceled it because I seen some things that I, I didn't think that was right. And so, uh, but she wooed me into going ahead with it and yeah. uh, ended up, uh, I had to get a, just being honest, had to get a DNA test for my son. So if that can tell you anything. Was it your son? He ended up, he's mine. Yeah. But having to go through that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So it's just, it had to end. Um, they're remarried now. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but you know, yeah, but it's, it, it had, it to, had end. to end. Yeah, it wasn't nothing. Yeah. For me, it had to end too. Yeah. Um, there were some things that happened uh, but they were actually the symptoms. Uh, but there was a deeper root, deeper problems. And, yeah. uh, you know, and at those, I believe that those problems still haven't been dealt with. Yeah. And I, I'm still close to it because we have children. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I see some of those same things. And I think about it, I'm like, man, I, I still would have been dealing with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's. Uh, our divorce was final seven years ago, mm -hmm. and I still see um, some of the same. Yeah, some yeah. of the same things. Yeah. So, do you get how long does it take? Because you know, I haven't really heard a lot of conversations about men talking about divorce. Like, how do y'all manage divorce, like mentally? Like, is it excruciating, or by the time you leave, you like, look, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm ready to go. Or is it a mixture of just how the relationship ended? For me, it was <clears throat> it was excruciating. Okay. And I'll tell you, it was excruciating because of the, uh, you know how how we had to divide things. You know, mm. our family mm -hmm. was divided. Um, uh, there was fallout. There was a tremendous amount of fallout and uh, collateral damage. You know, it affected our relationships with our friends who were couples yeah you know we we I, I wasn't going to hang around someone who was a couple while i was single yeah so it affected just about everything it, it affected um you know my 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 relationship my my shouldn't have but i'm just be honest it it affected my spiritual walk too mm. so <clears throat> there was a lot of lot of damage and and for men we internalize things and we keep things to ourselves. And so 
you end up dealing with those issues on your own. And it takes a little bit more time to be able to navigate and get through them because I don't know, uh, I can speak for what I believe most mature and good men out there. When we're in it, we're in it. And we're in it for the long haul. And so that change of plan is is devastating. Yeah, how long do you think that it properly took you to get past your divorce? It took me probably three to four years, truly, yeah. to heal. Did you date in that in those times? Did you see other women? Yeah, I did, and yeah. it was, <clears throat> it was, I, and I I have to apologize because I wasn't the I wasn't the right man. I shouldn't have been dating at yeah. the time, and I, I and I did damage. Uh, to other people yeah. w- went before I was ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, for me, the difficulty was, because once we decided it was over, it was over. Like, we, di- we didn't want to have anything to do with each other other than we we're going to be cordial because we had a child, right? We right. had a daughter. Uh, but for me, it was, the difficulty was, I, I, I feel like I'm a winner, right Mm -hmm. and i failed in that Mm. you know and so that was what hurt me was like dang man i I ain't supposed to lose right Right. and so now i've lost my family so that was the part that made it difficult for me took me two and about two and a half about two and a half years to really uh get over that and unfortunately um i mean as soon as we split up i just i I turned into a, a person that really didn't have a lot of heart uh, and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was selfish in all of my interactions with women for about a two-year period. I mean, it was just about me. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I didn't realize that that's how I was coping. But I I dated and I cared about me. I got into uh, things to distract me from losing, you know, my little family unit. So, I I mean, I started playing golf. I started working out, all these kinds of things. Uh, but it took me about two and a half years. Two and a half years. Kevin? Uh, sorry. But managing it, it was, uh, it, was, it was tough. I mean, because, like, my mom had just, uh, my mom had passed. So uh, dealing with that on top of uh, being in a, a, a marriage that I didn't want, wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. So we was living in a, we just built a $500,000 home. How long were y'all married? We was only married for two years. Okay. And so uh, we got married, was in Mount Juliet. But then, like we go back to the sex thing, just being honest, yeah. wouldn't have sex. And I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, it's one day, sh- she carded me. You know, just for that one day, <laughs> and that's when we had the baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and then we got a baby, and I didn't want to have a child going through that, and she felt that it would make our relationship better, and it didn't. Yeah. And so, uh, when I realized it, and I, uh, spiritually, it was it was heavy on me, and I asked the question, and we went through that whole spiel, and uh, they finally came up with whatever they were. So, anyway, moving forward. We got a divorce. Uh, it happened quickly. I say shots out to restore the ministries. I had to go to st- I had to go to counseling. Yeah. Because I had to take it one day at a time. <laughs> I had to take it one day at a time. Like you talk about mental health. Yeah. I had to deal with that because, like you said, I was a winner and I didn't have to get married. And I was a guy where I was, I was, you know, I was a pretty good guy. I mean, you know, I mean, I was dating and you know having fun and and uh, in ministry and working, but 
that that happened and it crushed me and so i had to rebuild myself i had to uh, deal with myself and so when i did that i got myself together because the first person i told about my divorce was my son mm. my oldest okay and so he could understand what was going on so i had to really talk to him about what was about to happen yeah and so uh how long did it take you to get over it it was probably about maybe three to four years and i'll say uh in the dating i didn't date you didn't date uh, during I that time? No, I didn't I didn't date. I, and then when I did date someone, I ended up dating someone, and I never put a label on it. Yeah. So we probably went together for two years, and we never said that we that. were. Yeah. Everybody thought that we, they knew that, but yeah. I never acknowledged that we were because I was still dealing with that. And so uh, coming out of that, it was just, it was just bad. Yeah. Um. Cheating, because we coming straight out of divorce, let's go into cheating, okay? The whole black men don't cheat movement. Speak on that. Because, you know, last summer, it was all like, last 2019 was all about black men don't cheat, black men don't cheat, black men don't cheat. How did y'all feel about that movement? Is there some truth to that? Or is it like, you know, all people cheat? Or, you know, it depends on the black man. I didn't, I, I must have missed that movement. You missed the black men don't I cheat movement? I've heard of it. I, I hadn't heard the movement, but there are black men that don't. Yeah, there there are quite a few. Regard, I I'm not sure if what our queens know this, but there are quite a few men that <clears throat> have respect enough for themselves as well as the person that they're dealing with to not to not cheat. Yep. What constitutes cheating? <laughs> because if you if you if you put a car in your name and don't pay the bill, you're a delinquent. But if you put a relate don't put a relationship in your name, is that cheating? Well, based on the rules that you and the opposite, <laughs> that you and your significant other or friend or have established, whether you, you know we're working in exclusivity or not, then you know only you would know that. If if you haven't been established that we're exclusive, like it's just me and you then it's not cheating. But if you have a s established exclusivity, then yeah, like it's cheating. And, and cheating would be qualified as intercourse. Oral sex not is oral cheating. Sex. It is. It is cheating. So how is oral sex not for sex where you're saving yourself, but it's for cheating? <sighs> well, I didn't say that. I, that was a question <laughs> that I asked. So let's just say you find out that I did cheat it. I, I did cheat. And you start asking, well, what did you do with it? Because, you know, men always want to know that like, you would you Y'all want the breakdown. Not all men. You no, really can't handle the breakdown. Want, I don't know that men want that. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the breakdown? No, no. Y'all don't want to know. I don't care what you did. If you did something that is cheating, kick rocks. Right. That's a deal breaker for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want no details, any of that. Uh-uh. I want to be a part. Yeah. Okay. It's a man thing, I, I would say. Yeah. So if she's cheating, y'all really don't want to know? I don't. So let's just say you're married, Fonz, you're married. Right. Let's just say your wife, you know, gets caught up. Would you rather her take it to her grave? I'd rather her not do it. A, but B, would you rather her take it to her grave? Uh, man, I don't know the answer to that. I, I really don't. Uh, no, nah, I mm -mm. I I can't even put my mind around that one to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I, my preference would be. Uh, yeah, I can't. I just pray that I don't have to deal with it because I know that can really destroy somebody. 
You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, anybody else want to speak to that? I mean, it, it like you said, it will destroy a uh, relationship because you, you don't think if you can trust them, then you think you feel a failure that you couldn't give your person, your your wife or your girlfriend yeah. what they needed. And so it's like, so how long will that last? Like, how do I have to keep putting in a, putting in work or build up? Will I ever be enough? So this is my question. So if we're talking about, like, moving forward to marriage, marriage is, I mean, we say these vows till death do us par for better or worse. And I understand that, you know, adultery is one of the ways that God gives us to leave a marriage. And I just think that if we're talking about being married till death do us part, that could possibly happen. It could possibly happen. And I'm going to just go ahead and, and, and segue this into the next question. Women usually cheat for emotional reasons. Emotionally, there's something going on in the relationship that's not being met. 90% of women do not cheat because of uh, sex. 90% is not, it, it has nothing to do with the sex of another guy. It's because the other guy is meeting an emotional need that you are not. And maybe I've requested it a million times from you, and I still haven't been able to get it from you. But here comes Jody, and Jody coming around the corner, and, you know, he pushing that button, he pushing that button. And I'm ignoring Jody, but dang, Jody keep pushing that same button, and I'm not getting it home that I've expressed that I need. But Jody keeps pushing that button, and then you know what? I slip up with Jody. And I didn't mean, to, I don't want to destroy my family, but, you know, so I'm asking all of that to say if you're going to be married, if you're taking vows, it could happen. Women have stayed with men a lot of times, and they've cheated. If we, if we, if we made decisions based off of what you guys just said, then nobody would be married because, you know, men cheat, women stay. We'd be mad. We'll act a fool. We might throw some dishes in the house. You might have to sleep on the couch and move over to your mama's house for a while. But we're going to work through it. Why can men not work through cheating? Why is cheating to men such a, a dagger? Can, can I give you an example? <coughs> this is heavy, I know. The room yeah. done got heavy in here right well, now. Yeah. I, I, when I was married and we had to do the DNA test, I, had, I made a... Uh, promise to God, I, I prayed. I had to pray hard because I said, if this child is not mine, I will still stay in the marriage. And that was a strong thing that I had to make a decision on. Not all men are going to do that. But I, I'm i just saying, if yeah. this person cheated and it wasn't my child, yeah, I still, I asked them about staying married. Yeah. I don't know that um, men cheat for a different reason than what you describe women do. I think that's I think that's true for both. There's an uh, there's a need that's not being met. That's not necessarily a physical need, and sometimes that need is unknown, right? Uh, so um, I, I think that's one point why men can't stay, and women can. I, you know, my belief is that's that's all down to the individual and kind of where they are in their relationship. And I know men who have tried to stay mm -hmm. and I know men who have stayed, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they have a good marriage. I know men who tried to stay and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just it's a complex situation completely uh, from both ends. Um, and I think what we don't realize is the the repercussions of 
one act or a series of acts and how that just impacts everybody else yes. involved is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's tough. Yeah. You know. I agree with that. Sperry? Um, you know, I believe that there are men that can uh, can stay. Uh, but they're after something like that happens, there's a level of trust that's broken. Um, Can you fix it? The woman would have to be putting forth serious effort to show. Exactly. If you don't see that, it's hard to it's hard to it believe. Is. Yeah, yeah. That, I feel I, you. I think that that is the uh, now. Not all men, like Alfonso said, not all men can do that. Yeah. Uh, but I think there are men that if uh, at times where that has happened and yeah. they tried. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're closing to the end right here, guys. Um, quick question on this. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I do want to ask because it's on the list. Um, can the opposite sex really just be friends? Can we really just be friends? If we've had sex in the past, but we've both moved on in our lives, can we really just be friends? Yeah. Yes. We can be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah, agree with that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, okay. Let's do trust and respect. Which mo- which is more important to a man, respect or trust? Trust. Trust for Kevin. Respect. Respect for Sperry. Respect. Respect for Fonz. Okay. If I re if I know that you respect me, then I can trust you. Yeah. If you don't respect me, then I question whether I can trust you. So you yeah. just answered my second my next question. <laughs> when does a man know it's safe to trust a woman? Yeah, when have you decided that I can trust her? When she shows a level of of, of respect. Um that uh, I think that's that's similar to what Alfonso was saying. Yeah. 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 I mean those things, it's like different events that take place that let you know mm-hmm. that I can trust him yeah. with certain things, whether it be my kids, whether it be my wallet, whether it be yeah. my credit score, anything. The respect. Yeah. The respect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does a woman know that she can trust a man? What is it that you guys do that a woman should know? You can, you can trust this, this king. How does... <laughs> Fonz just asked me to repeat that. How does a woman know that a man is trustworthy? How he handles her. What are those actions? Like, uh, there's there's traits to a brother that you know. Like, when you're being honest with a woman and you're really interested in her and you're not, you don't have no intention to hurt her, to disappoint her if you can help it. Like, what are some of those things? Because sisters want to know, like, when you've been, and I'm asking this question because we're all of a certain age, and we've been through relationships, highs and lows, we've had divorces, you know, so you bring with you some things sometimes. And in those things, a brother could be the most earnest he's ever been, but it still may be hard to know. When a brother opens up, to a woman at his most vulnerable point, mm-hmm. there th- she should be able to understand that there's there's a level of trust that yeah. she should have for him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when a man meets you at your support, at your point of support, yeah, and is selfless, empathetic, and concerning, and will pitch in a, a helping hand when needed. Yeah. 
uh, and, you know, and do those things that you you may think of, but he's always thought before you. You already know that you can pretty much lay your head in his chest. Yeah. Ron? He's working. No, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't really answer that. Because to me, a woman would have to know. No, because you just said that a respect from a woman is how you know you can trust her. What do y'all do that makes us know we can trust you? Be consistent. Be consistent. So if He's you, consistent. if I'm consistently responding in the ways all the time, mm -hmm. like, you know, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm being authentic with you and I'm consistently that way. Then I think that's the only way. But I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like to me, y'all might have some little hot button questions you ask or some some things that you do that would really indicate if you can trust me or not. Well, we've already talked about those. We're going to have a conversation about the money. We're going to have a conversations about, you know, size, appearance, you know, all of those things. We've already had those conversations. But as you know, I mean, brothers run game. Yeah, sisters so do too. So, because like this is what I'm saying. Because like this, this is the kind of test that I'm talking about. Like y'all might say, okay, uh, let's go to Miami, and we go to Miami, and you watching to see how the brother reacts when he sees women walking in bathing suits while you're on South Beach. That's the kind of stuff that I believe women do to see what level of trust is there, or that what level of trust they can have. Yeah. Am I wrong? Um, I may notice. I may notice that you're looking at somebody else, but I'm not using that to measure whether I can trust you or not. I feel like you got eyes. You can see through a shade. Mm -hmm. No, I just yeah. feel like you have eyes. I mean, I'm not the only thing smoking out here, but I mean, are you are you lusting or did you just, you know, look and keep it going? And I just created that scenario as a an example, but I do know that humans put little tests in front of other humans mm -hmm. to see true. how they're going to respond. That's some truth to that. Yeah. Especially for your queens that have, you know, money. Okay. <laughs> right. Can I trust this brother <laughs> with my money? Can I trust him, you know, with my debit card? Right. Okay. Malcolm X said to a group of men, and I want to read this quote, because we all have heard the Malcolm X speech where he says the most disrespected, unprotected, and neglected person in America is the black woman. Okay. I want to read some excerpt from that. We believe, and this is what he's saying to a group of men, he says, we believe the nation of Islam is the weed that he's talking about. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty, penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out or in the direction of our women. Kings, do y'all believe that the black woman is the most disrespected, unprotected, and neglected person in America? I would say yes. You do? I would say if you think about uh, how many women are missing right now, yeah. as far as the trafficking and everything that's going on, I mean, they're mostly black women. And we don't really see a lot of TV airplay about us missing, do we? You don't get any type of, no, uh, uh, what's that called? The, the the sign that goes out when a kid's missing. Amber alerts. The Amber alerts. I mean, there's no, there's like $5,000 reward for finding, you know, Shaquika. You know, <laughs> it's, al it's always Susie. Yeah. 
I, 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 oh, go ahead. go ahead, bro. I find that uh, question to be difficult to ask. Um, only reason is because there's a level of disrespect for the black man overall that makes it difficult to be in position to cover the black woman too. Um, we deal with a we, we deal with a lot as black men. Um, you know, we we are portrayed overall in the media um, and uh, uh, negatively, like we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, you know, we uh, it, you know it's a rat race uh, in the uh, business world uh, just to keep up. You know, the things that we deal with when we are out there just trying to uh, make a living for ourselves and for our families yeah. is difficult. Now, not to say that women um, don't have things that they deal with. I, I, it's, I think it's just different. What women deal with are different. And, you know, you can look at it as if they are, uh, it's difficult, it's more difficult. Uh, severe for them but they don't have the covering like they should as well so I could uh, prove that in corporate America because I could just say let's look at salaries right and then black women are paid less than any other subset of the population right in the United States so I could prove that in corporate America probably broader than that I think that uh, black men have a an equally difficult road, uh, and in many cases, a more difficult road in terms of dealing with authorities and authority figures and how they engage black men. Um, so sisters have it tough. I, I can't argue that, um, but I I know it's di different depending upon the context in which you're in. Okay, and being at the ages that we all are, do y'all feel like we really want to be protected? Like, do do brothers sometimes feel like, even if I wanted to protect you, you don't even really want to be protected? It's very difficult. I think black women want to be protected. Even some of them may give you an impression that they don't, but mm -hmm. I do think black women want to be protected and deserve to be protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I deserve. I mean, I, I believe y'all deserve to be protected. I don't think they understand that they need to be protected sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, because a lot, I think a lot of women, uh, and someone that don't raise with their father, they're not raised by their fathers, yeah. looking for that father and end up finding a father figure in the man that they end up dating. Yeah. But also the father, I, I remember going to a conference where this little girl was trafficked and she kept looking at the door waiting to see was her daddy coming mm. and never came. So I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's very tough yeah. to understand as you get older, how can you be protected when the person that's supposed to protect me wasn't there? Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's the end game? Fonz, we know you're in game. Death do you part? That's the end game? Absolutely. Okay. That's the only option. It's the only option. Death is the only way out of this thing. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm with that. Sperry, Kevin, what's the end game? Do you want to be married? Yeah. Are I'm you okay in your singleness? I'm going to find uh, my best friend. And uh, I'm gonna put a ring on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hope to find my sweetheart, my cutie pie. Yeah. Sweet thing. I hope to find 
Uh, but if I do not, then I'll be content with, you know, my life and what's what's going on. Yeah. So would you guys be okay with living together? Like she's been married before. She don't want to be. She don't want to be wife again. But I'll, I, I'm good with Oprah and Stedman. I can. We can live together. Is that okay? I would like to be married if I'm going to be married with somebody. Like yeah, that. that like living. That's not my preference yeah. either. No. Okay. So you want to be married? Yeah. And would you settle? You know, she's a she's she's three fifty and she weighs three fifty, but she a good girl. And she treat me good, and she can cook, and she's nice to my kids, and my kids love her, and my family really likes her. She's bigger than what I'm used to, but we'll go walking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Why go she got to be three fifty? Right, two fifty. My car can't. Come on. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to. I'm I'm asking because I mean, do men settle? Do men? That's let let that be the question. Do men settle? I think at our age, some yeah, they do. And are they happy? I think they're at peace with the decision that they made. That's it. I, you know, I don't know if. If men settle, I, I can't answer that. I, I would have to be another man that is settled in order to be able to answer that. I, I don't have any examples of where someone was settled. But for me, um, you know, <coughs> I have some basic levels of things that I look for. Um, they're, and they're not as uh, stringent as they were when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, so I don't consider that to be settling. But, you know, what I look for is a little bit more basic. And that's someone who can relate to me, who can, uh, who can be close to me, who can be open to me, have, uh, have some things in, in, uh, in common. W weight is, is not, you know, that, that won't matter too much. But okay. there's a limit. Okay, so the reason why I asked that question about settling and you know, just living together and all. Okay, so we're all getting older. You know, uh, women go through menopause where our libido is just zero. We go through dryness. Men go through erectile dysfunction where it don't really, it ain't picking up like it used to. You know, as we start to get older uh, and sex is not going to really be, you know, on the forefront of everything that we're doing just because, like, it just, you know, we're older now. Does that change the dynamics of who you marry at that point? Is that how the 350 girl becomes wife? Because, you know, I ain't, I ain't hitting it like I used to. Yeah, I think it does. I, I, I mean, I've seen people that have settled. You know, I know people that have settled. Do you think it's situation. because of sex? Because No, I think it's circum everything is case by case. I think it's yeah. different circumstances that, you know, because he have health, may have health issues. Yeah. She might have health issues. And them together, they're able to merge their bank accounts yeah i mean there's so many different circumstances or situations that happen and take place but yeah. yes there are a lot of people that sell them and the blue pill if it gets to that case any of y'all against taking it they got a red one now is it red oh so you know <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i just heard the commercial oh okay okay are y'all like are y'all for that like you know would y'all i mean uh, consider it. I I've got to read what the side effects are first. Yeah. <laughs> Put this picture drink by the bed. Cognac. <coughs> and that's all it is that's for you, Kevin. You 
Okay. Do what you need to do to please your wife. <laughs> yep. Right. Okay. So that's it for this episode of These Three Things, where the kings are speaking. I had lots of questions for them. They handled themselves really well. Can't wait to get you guys' feedback on what you thought about what the kings had to say. This may be an ongoing episode of the queens want some conversation back with the kings now. Based on what you said, uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to Keith for the building. Uh, Keith Belton, I appreciate you, my brother. Um, and the lovely card that you shared for the Queens. I'd also like to thank Alfonso, Kevin, and Sperry, our three Kings who came in tonight and answered all of these questions and did a great job. I'll be right back with these three things. Hey, Queens and Kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and I just want to say thank you for listening to season two of These Three Things podcast. And I'd like to ask a favor of you. After you've listened to this message, I need you to stop what you're doing. Go to your desktop, your laptop, or your iPad and leave a review of These Three Things podcast. The two best places to leave a review are on Apple and on iHeartRadio. These reviews not only are great for the show, but they also give me insight on what your favorite episode was and what you love about the show. Again, stop whatever you're doing and go leave a review. And I'll see you in season three. Hey, this is Sharana Reeves. I am back with the Kings of Nashville, Alfonso, Kevin, and Sperry. And it is time for these three things. Number one. How's your vibe? The Kings of Nashville use the word vibe a lot when talking about being in good and healthy relationships. As I listened back through the episode, I heard key comments that reflect a successful vibe when queens and kings meet. Here's three of them. Energy. Is your energy positive? Is the cup half full or half empty in your world? Are you a look on the bright side person or do you tend to think the worst first? Every once in a while, we all need to check our energy. When we meet people, what does our energy say about us? Energy is something we can change, but we have to be aware of ours and understand that it's present in everything we do. Boundaries. The Nashville Kings talked about how they made decisions about their relationships, many times based on the boundaries a queen set, which says to me, queens, you don't have to compromise your values and beliefs to be in relationship. We live in a very narcissistic society these days where boundaries are constantly being tested. Stand firm in what you want and what you believe. Any king who really respects you will respect what's important to you. Communication. This word always comes up when we're talking about good relationships of any kind. Being open to receiving and giving clear, concise communication helps anything be successful. Queen, we can't should people, meaning he should 
know how I feel. He should know this or that. Be sure that he knows and communicate. Energy, boundaries, communication. How's your vibe? Number two, kings and money. After speaking with the kings of Nashville and the kings of Atlanta, when the subject of queens and our money came up, none of the kings cared about how much money we make, and in many cases, if our credit was bad. These kings had a built-in understanding that as men, part of their role is provision. Queens, what they cared about more than money or credit is who we are as women. Do we possess the qualities that matter most? Now, don't get me wrong. There are men who definitely feel that a woman's finances are very important. And I'm sure those men have valid reasons why. But after sitting and talking with six kings who are solid financially, not one of them looked at or considered how much money a woman makes when getting to know us. Finances didn't stop them from moving forward with us if our vibe together was good. So queens, if our kings already understand that they are providers, maybe we should focus more on the king standing in front of us as a man initially and be less concerned about his money. Given what's happening in the world today, we've definitely learned money will come and go. But the quality of person you are with will matter forever. Think about it. Number three. Thank you, Kings. I want to take this moment to thank the Kings for coming on a show for women, for black women. Talking about everything concerning black women and share your thoughts and feedback on being in relationship with us. It's not easy to do what you did, to come and share and speak openly. So I want to give a personal thank you to Matthew, Chris, a.k.a. Harry, Barry, Alfonso, Kevin, and Sperry, the Kings of Atlanta, and the Kings of Nashville, for coming on These Three Things podcast and sharing with us queens their perspectives on dating, divorce, and marriage. Kings, thank you. That's it for this episode of These Three Things and season two of These Three Things podcast. If you'd like to learn more about my guest on this episode, or any episode of These Three Things, you can go on my website, these3-things.com. Go to the podcast page and click on the desired episode. Also, let's stay in touch while we're on break preparing for season three. You can follow These Three Things Podcast on Instagram at These Three Things Podcast, on YouTube where I have videos and funny stories at These Three Things Podcast and on Facebook at These Three Things P. See you next season.